Hey, Ralph. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Okay. Hey, except for the fact that uh, we had a whole bunch of snow last night. Oh, uh, that's awful. Well, I suppose. It is springtime in Michigan, after all. Yeah, well, we didn't have any snow here in town, but uh, we did have a... Uh, Grand collection of sirens because we had an unfortunate incident with a guy escaping the police or trying to. I think I prefer the uh, the snow, the snow, <laughs> the quietness and, and snow. Okay, well, I've been thinking about what we're going to talk about today, Ralph. And uh, uh, you're familiar with the uh, seven deadly sins, aren't you? I am. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because that was. Uh, Pope Gregory I, uh, called Gregory the Great, and um, um, one of the saints, uh, Saint uh, St. Augustine, maybe? St. Augustine, yeah, yeah. who, uh, who kind of codified and said, you know, these are, these uh -huh. are the things that uh, we men are subject to, or we people are subject to, and... You know who that was? St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes, okay, yes, that's yep, it. Right. Yeah, and so I was looking at a list of the seven deadly sins, and the uh, number one is um, uh, vainglory or pride. Um, number two is greed or covetousness. Lust is another one. Uh, envy is another one. Gluttony is another one. Wrath is another one. And sloth is the, the seventh. Um, is if there... I'm subject to any of those, it's probably sloth. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so, because you've got more than uh, three fingers on each of your... Well, uh, that would bandages. be true, and I don't hang upside down from trees. Well, I've seen that sometimes, actually. <laughs> so, of, of the seven of them, which one do you want to pick today? Well, I think today we should pick pride. Ha ha, I was Be hoping you'd do that. Because uh, the reason I say that is that we're seeing, I think, a classic example of pride carried to its extreme in what's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm, I think you're right. In fact, there was a, uh, uh, a general, or a retired general, who identified uh, the um, personality characteristic of uh, Vladimir Putin or the predominant one, as uh, hubris. And so I had to scratch my head a little bit about hubris because I sort of remember something from Greek mythology with a guy who wanted to fly up to the, to the sun. Yes. And he put uh, feathers on his... Yeah, on his Icarus. Uh, Icarus, yeah. And uh, there's another one, uh, Daedalus, uh, no, uh, Phaethon, who... Uh, who wanted to be, uh, he was given a wish by the gods, and he wished that he could drive the chariot that towed the sun, but he couldn't handle the team, and he crashed into the earth and created the Sahara Desert in, <laughs> in the Greek myths. Okay, so... What did you call this? An overreaching pride or overarching pride? Yeah, yeah. sort of. A, 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 well, if you think of this as a characteristic of Vladimir Putin, uh, you know, here he is uh, invading a country, a neighboring country, 
supposedly to put the glorious uh, 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 Russian Federation, I guess, sort of back together again. And uh, I wonder if he thought about what he was doing ahead of time. Well, I think he did, but I, I think he was told that the Ukrainian people were aching to get back and be part of Russia, which was not true, and that uh, they would surrender in mass and the whole operation would take about four days. Uh-huh. Well, we're into the second month now and it's not going well for him, is it? No, and the thing is that, um, you know, I have been told, I don't know that this is actually true, but I have been told that uh, Putin in his regular meetings with his advisors, that the table that they sat at was about 30 feet long. Okay. Putin sat at one end, and all the advisors sat in a semicircle at the other end, because he didn't want anybody to be close enough to do him an injury. Okay. Uh, which suggests something about A, his level of paranoia, and B, uh, the fact that he has so much pride that even his advisors were afraid to tell him the truth. Yeah, huh. Okay, yeah. And that, I, I think, that is, be a, be is a one of them. One of the characteristics of people who have hubris is that they either uh, are told what they want to hear or what the underlings think they want to hear mm -hmm. uh, or they disregard what they hear. Yeah. Now, um, how, how do you see hubris and, say, pride? Are, are they the same thing? No, because pride is a, is a natural... Um, recognition of your achievements or somebody else's achievements. Okay, yeah, I could be proud of what my kid did in an athletic event, for example. Yeah, yeah. or, you know, um, Karen, my wife, won Teacher of the Year at Central Michigan. I was very proud for her. Yeah, very you much. Know. Okay. And I've done some things in my life that I was proud of and recognized, hey, that was a good achievement on my part. Mm -hmm. Now, I never did say I'm the only one who could ever achieve something like that, which I think carries it over into hubris. Okay. Yeah. Good, good point. Well, we've got uh, this general talking about um, Vladimir Putin. How about Hitler? Do you think he uh, is a candidate for this particular um, uh, personality trait? Well, I think he is, Jim, because if, if you think about it, um, Hitler had conquered all of Europe, yeah. except for Great Britain. Mm -hmm. So he has one isolated island. Now, it's, it's a fairly strong power, and it's got lots of navy, but it's not, um, not a big war power okay. at this time. 1940, 1941, he's facing Britain alone. And yet, what does he do? He turns east and invades Russia. That's what I was going to say. If memory serves, he invaded Russia. Now, the thing is, he rationalized... Or attempted to evade. Yeah, invade. he rationalized that he had to have Russia because of the wheat production in the Ukraine and the oil in the Caucasus. Mm-hmm. But looking back at it, it was a very hubristic mistake 
because I don't know if he had stuck with uh, England and invading England, if he would have succeeded. I think it would have turned into a very Ukraine-like guerrilla war. Probably, yeah, probably so. But it would certainly have been easier than a war on two fronts. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and let's face it, uh, if we take a look at uh, Napoleon, who also may be a candidate for hubris, too. I um, think so. Yeah, we um, uh, could see the problem with uh, trying to take on uh, Russia, yeah. particularly in the wintertime. Now, one of the things, Jim, that uh, we've got a phenomenon that people have identified as hubris syndrome. Yeah. And this is uh, actually considered the psychological disorder in which their overarching pride uh, leads them to, among other things, want to make their mark not just on the world, not just today, not just be by leading a company, but to influence history. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, 2,000 years from now, people will be saying, oh, Vladimir Putin did blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I went and I took a look online at some examples of hubris in fiction. Okay. And uh, it's kind of interesting. As I look at the list, there's a couple of women on the list, three as a matter of fact, but it seems to be mainly a male trait. Here, here's what I have on the list. Scarlett O'Hara, woman, um, uh, Blanche Dubois from uh, A Streetcar Named, Named Desire, Desire, yeah, and uh, Emma uh, Bovary from Madame Bovary. Okay. okay. Now, I can't identify what the hubris would be in those particular cases. But the list goes on. We've got Gaston from Disney's Beauty and the Beast, Jay Gatsby, I understand him, Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride, Troy Maxson, never heard of him, Willie Stark from All the King's Men, right? Victor from Frankenstein, Dr. Faustus okay, yeah. from, uh, uh, yeah. uh, from Faust, right, Dr. So... And if you think about it, there are others in fiction, like consider the the portrait of Dorian Gray. Mm -hmm. You know, Dorian Gray gave up everything for, uh, for, for immortality. In, no, uh, well, well, perpetual youth. Per, yeah, perpetual youth, which sounds like a little bit like immortality. Yeah. So these people have been have been. Uh, memorize, memorized, no, uh, uh, memorialized in, in fiction. But then I ask myself, well, who are the, besides Vladimir Putin, or maybe Hitler, um, maybe Khrushchev, I don't know, maybe Stalin, so I can think of these political uh, yeah, uh, figures. Yeah. Um, uh, who else do we have? And uh, so, again, going to Google, I came up with a list of about... Um, well, it looks like near, near, nearly 10 people. And the thing I notice here is that in this case, we have two of the people who are women. Okay. And the rest are men. And I don't understand the hubris in some of the cases. Well, one of them that's on the list is Lori Lohan. Okay. Remember the scandal of uh, bribing your way into... Bribing uh, your way into university yeah. uh, for her daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I can see that. 
The other that's on the list, the other name is J.K. Rowling. Now, she's the author of uh, the, um, um, help me out here. Harry Potter. Harry, series. yeah. What would her hubris be? Any idea? No, I don't really, because... Uh, yeah, she was born in poverty, I understand, and worked her way up. And uh, so I, you know, could Google have failed us in this case? Yeah, no, I don't think so, because I think somewhere along the line, she made a remark or some remarks that uh, went against the grain of the the powers that be, and they they said that she was uh, reaching beyond her grasp because she didn't have any right to pontificate on these ideas. Okay. But I can't remember what the ideas were right now. Yeah, well, we have to go back to Warthog and find out, right? Yes. Hogwarts? Hogwarts, Okay, yeah. yes. You, are you an alumnus of Hogwarts, Ralph? I have magic at my fingertips. <laughs> Here are the others on the list, and I can see them. Uh, one of them is Lance Armstrong, who risked everything and lost, you know, to... Uh, uh, get his way as the cycling champion of, of the world. And it's kind of interesting. Um, there's this notion that pride uh, comes before a fall, and the people that are on this list, for the most part, have fallen. Yeah. They've been prideful and fallen. The second one on my list is you know, one that you and I probably have an eidetic memory for, and that's Richard Nixon. I am not a crook. <laughs> um, uh, Connie West. Uh, I don't know much about him, uh, but I think he probably deserves to be on the list, just from the so. little bit I've, I've heard. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. yeah. Um, Al Capone. I think so. Here's a, our favorite uh, unsuccessful general, uh, General George Custer. Right. Yeah. And uh, O.J. Simpson. Yeah. And Kevin Spacey. I didn't. I don't know anything about Kevin Spacey, you know, either. But certainly some of these are um, public figures that have demonstrated this characteristic of, of risking all, but not only just risking themselves, but putting other people in danger in order to so, sort of achieve some yeah. kind of, of success. Now, you know, one of the things, Jim, that our, our listeners probably are aware of when we say uh, George Armstrong Custer, they're probably aware of Custer's last stand. Yeah. But they may not remember that Custer was a very successful and one of the, I think, the youngest major generals that came out of the Civil War. Okay. Uh, so he had a, a tremendous career as a dashing cavalry uh, commander and then the war ends, he's reduced in rank, he goes out west trying to find his glory again, uh -huh. and he ends up saying these little uh, savages squatting in the river valley with their teepees are no match for us. Oops. So he leads his men into what turns out to be not a little group of savages, but a, a well, great big group. Of well-trained... Uh, and well-armed. Uh, they yeah. had actually better armament than the cavalry did. Mm -hmm. 
and all of a sudden there goes the seventh cavalry right which is not unlike to to bring this around to where we began it's not unlike what we're seeing in the ukraine now you know, the the general said hey you know this is going to be a cakewalk you know two days in you're going to take kiev uh, four days in the country's going to going to be yeah. be yours uh well uh, obviously, they hadn't read the uh, story of uh, the Little Bighorn, had they? No, they hadn't. And uh, one of the interesting things, Jim, is that we know for sure three and maybe as many as five of the generals leading the Russian uh, armies uh, have been killed by snipers. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you, and, know, you know, when you start taking out the, the top uh, of, a of the chain of command, the ripple effect down the line is going to be significant. Yeah. Particularly, in, as I understand, uh, the, the Russian system, it's very top-heavy in terms of decision-making. Yeah. Uh, everything is made from the top down, and, you know, the, the private who's walking along with his meals ready to eat and his rifle and, and a few shells gets his marching orders and if he doesn't get marching orders, he doesn't know what to do. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think um, uh, Cassius Clay, or Muhammad Ali, remember him? Yeah. Once said it. I don't think he was a military tactician, uh, but he said, uh, you go for the head and the body will fall. Yeah. And uh, that's what uh, we're seeing here, I think. And again, another miscalculation. And it seems like with hubris, we have nothing except miscalculations. Yeah, uh, because as as you said, pride goes before a fall, and if you are prideful enough to make bad decisions, invariably you will fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you put enough bad decisions together and... Yeah, so with, with Vladimir Putin then, we think of his overall uh, personality trait as being hubris, um, we could flip it around a little bit in, in conclusion and uh, we could go back to St. Thomas Aquinas because he ends up cataloging the seven deadly sins, but he also then has the mirror image of them that he's cataloged. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, and I think I can give you the first, and it's one we've talked about and I think it's maybe the fourth or fifth. The, the two that we have already talked about uh, in the past are um, humility yep. and gratitude. Yep, those are two. Those are two of them. Another one is charity, right. which goes along sort of with gratitude, chastity, uh, temperance, patience, and diligence. Yeah. So... The, even though we're looking initially at the seven deadly sins, those are the seven, well, we can't call them sins, seven... Seven virtues. Seven, yeah, there you go, seven virtues. So, um, um, hum, humility, charity, chastity, gratitude, temperance, patience, diligence. And we have talked about most of these uh, at some point in our... Uh, yeah, 150 or so podcasts that we have uh, we've done. We haven't talked about chastity, I don't think, Ralph. 
Uh, no. Um, and I, I remember... Uh, you remember a joke, don't you? Well, one of the... Uh, one of the Catholic saints who was praying and said, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. <laughs> I went to um, Michigan State for my uh, undergraduate degree in psychology, and in the middle of Michigan State's campus, there's a, a big statue of Sparty, you know, uh -huh. from, you know, this Spartan in Michigan State has his, his uh, mascot, uh, the, the Spartans, and so the Sparty is uh, standing there with his helmet in his hands, and the joke at Michigan State was uh, that uh, if a virgin ever passes by Sparty, he will drop his helmet. <laughs> I was back there a few years ago. He still has his helmet in his hands. Yeah. So, yeah, we may not uh, uh, get into that particular virtue unless some of our listeners would want to come and you know, help us with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, what's the takeaway here, Ralph? What's, uh, I guess, for you and I and our listeners, just watch your pride, right? Yeah. Pride is okay, but when it becomes arrogance, yeah, and uh, you know, you you have to look at it and say, I'm proud of my natural achievements, my good things, the things I've done well but not to the point where I believe that I'm unbeatable. Yeah, okay, good. And I think some of it actually comes from a, a well-buried fear. For example, Lance Armstrong. Uh, he was afraid he might get beaten because he knew he was getting older. I mean, not older, older, but older for an athlete. Right. And he said, I need this... Enhancing drug, mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise I might lose. Well, you know yeah. what? You might lose, yeah. but that's okay. Right. Unless you figure it isn't. Okay, Ralph. Well, I think we owe our our inspiration this week to a general from or a retired general uh, here in the United States who identified this uh, um, factor of hubris as part of uh, Vladimir Putin's makeup. But, you know, we've seen it's, uh, uh, it's, it's around. It's all over the place. Yeah. You know, um, we've talked about narcissism in the past, and one of the questions that uh, came to mind, at least, is what's the relationship between narcissism and hubris? And I think there is some kind of a relationship there. Yeah. So. I don't know that you could say it's a direct one-to-one, -one, but I think probably the more you are... Uh, high in narcissism, the more likely you are to have uh, fallen into hubris. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, until next week, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together.